Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, who wish your and your, you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can keep texting us at 780-496-0063, our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We're going to uh, re-engage on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline momentarily. Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta featuring live standard bid racing Saturdays and Sundays at Century Mile. Fan access is limited. Watch and wager online, hpibet.com, HRA, horse racing Alberta, employing Albertans, contributing to the economy and caring uh, for our horses. Just want to go to a couple texts before we bring Spec in. I, I thought we made it pretty obvious that I was well aware of what occurred here in the 70s and the 80s as a result of uh, some of the fiscal in eastern centric uh passions that uh pierre trudeau had but i was more speaking to his work as a justice minister uh this text comes in from kevin in soggy vancouver bob a lot of my buddies were working the rigs in the late 70s and early 80s when trudeau was battling with Lougheed. can't remember all the details but bottom line was our shifts were cut from 12 hours a day to eight some of which were camp jobs i had a problem with trudeau have a good one and and again i think his work as a justice minister was good and i, I think he actually wanted to be prime minister not sure the guy currently in there right now has that much of an appetite for it. Spec, uh, Kevin mentioned another name. Peter Lougheed. Is that an individual that, yeah. generally speaking, people have? Was it, was it not Rex Murphy that said something to the effect of, I believe... I forget I forget who it was, but I thought maybe Murphy wrote this when Peter Lougheed passed away a few years ago, that uh, you know, at his at his uh, when they did, did his funeral, it was one of the rare occasions because at funerals nobody says anything bad about a guy. Where it was true, there wasn't much you could say. Like everybody really did like Peter. Lock- so is Peter Lockheed maybe a politician that uh, everybody kind of likes? Yeah, he was a uh, you know he's a little bit for we were pretty much kids when he was the premier, yeah. uh, but well respected, just carried himself well. Listen. I just want a guy that that you know, like I, 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 I don't know. We're talking politics. It's want I mean, a guy it's... that I can respect. I don't want a guy that's tearing everybody up all the time. I don't want a guy that's making a lot of excuses. The stuff goes bad for politicians sometimes, just the way it does for a hockey player, or a hockey coach. I don't like a hockey coach that makes a lot of excuses either. Sometimes you lose, and sometimes it doesn't work out for you, and you got to look it in the eye and say, "Hey, we lost. We didn't play well enough. I got to be better than this." 
And I want the same out of my politicians, right? You're not going to win every day. It's a tough job. You know, things aren't so great out there right now. But it's not everyone else's fault. Sometimes it's your fault, right? It's just like you and me. Okay, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'm going to transition this to hockey because uh, I know this week there were uh, there was a Vancouver-based analytics guy that apparently used to work with Florida, and he says he doesn't have McDavid in one of, as one of the top five centers in the NHL. And it it does seem Thomas this... Drant said that. No, it wasn't Drantz. I would have mentioned Thomas by name. I forget this. I forget this fellow's name. Thomas worked, did not work analytics for Florida. Thomas did PR. He and did, for Florida, though. Yeah. But he, and he did a very good job in PR. I want to mention that. He was, he was a, a good per, guy, smart guy. He, That's why I questioned that he would say something that stupid. Yeah. But keep going. Well, like, like, do you think that maybe part of society today is that we pick holes on people that are really good? Like, I, I look at McDavid, and, okay, he'd be the first to tell you there's lots of room for improvement in his game. I know, because he's told me there's lots of room for improvement in my game. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm in my 50s, and I've watched hockey since I was six. So I'm going up, I'm now at, like, Mark, we're at, like, 48, 49 here, years here. And I'd have to say... The only other guy that was as explosive and as good and as electrifying was probably Bobby Orr in defense. Like now, Wayne Wayne's a different animal because Wayne 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 did it differently than Connor, right? Yeah. Like like Wayne was quick, but he wasn't as explosively fast no, as no, Connor. Not at all. Right? Like we are we are watching a guy so bloody good. It's almost like when players on the other team say it's obscene and ridiculous and stupid, that's kind of all you need to know, isn't it? Well, listen, you gotta you gotta remember the world we live in. Like writers like whoever this guy is you're talking about, you know, there's how would I say a goal as a columnist, and I'm sounding old because I go back to the newspaper days, but the goal as a newspaper columnist was the next morning people were talking about you and talking about your column, and the sports radio shows were talking about you and talking about your column. That was your goal. You're writing something that the, the sports world really jumped on and said, man, this is an important column. Didn't get it every day, but when you did, that was what I would call success. That can get misconstrued as writing something so stupid and so ridiculous that the rest of the world, the hockey world, is talking about you. You know, and that's not the goal, right? Any idiot can go out there and write a column for clickbait and say, Connor McDavid isn't even one of the top five centermen in the league. You can write that. I can write that. I never would. But everyone's, we're talking about this guy, whatever his name is, but we're not talking about him for the right reasons. He hasn't, you know, I haven't read the piece, but I, I'm not going to entertain a piece that says Carter McDavid is not one of the top five. It, it, it might have just been a tweet. <laughs> Frankly, what happened is the NHL Network put out their rankings of the top centers. So they had the fan rankings, and then they had their own rankings. Like, in the fan rankings, Leon Dreisaitl was not in the top ten centers for the fans. And there were a couple of Philadelphia centers, including Kevin Hayes. That was ahead of Leon Dreisaitl. Now, Kevin yeah. Hayes is a good player. He ain't Leon Dreisaitl. Ah, so, things are, that's, are, and that's... And that's on volume, Bob. They and, just volume. Sure. Most fans... Get we all, most players. Well, also, the NHL network is not on TV in Canada. So yeah. the fans wouldn't even know this was taking place because we don't have the NHL, partially, partially, Mark, because of your network, because of the national deal you got. So anyways, let's just work backwards. The NHL network then did their own list of the best centers in the NHL, and Mike Johnson was the guy to put it out. We know Mike, and Mike is, and he's got a lot of time for analytics, but he had McDavid number one, McKinnon number two, 
and Dreisaitl number three. And then Crosby at four, not he specifically, but the the, the uh, you know uh, analysts at NHL Network. We have guys like Brian Lott. Uh, he's one of them. So they had McDavid one and Dreisaitl three and McKinnon in between. And that's where some other guys jumped out there on Twitter and said, I wouldn't even have McDavid in the top five. And I'm like, wow, you know. Well, you know, I worked analytics for an NHL organization. I'm like, who? You know, I mean, I'm kind of getting a chuckle over it, right? So you're saying that's yeah. just so, so ridiculous that you could, yeah, you know, that we've already We're, spent we've already spent too much time talking. Is he all right? But it is all right. So is he the best player? Is he the best player in the league? Uh, yeah, I would say to you, he's the best player in the league. This is a this is the conversation, and I don't think this conversation's dead yet. I think there's two things you want to know. Right? Who's the best player in the league right now that I want on my team? It's Connor McDavid. Who's the best? If you told me it's game seven tonight and I can have one guy take my face off as my first line center, who's that guy going to be? You know, at this point, you can still have the conversation, Bob, and say that Sidney Crosby's in that conversation. Maybe Nate McKinnon's in that conversation. I'm not sure. He's not won cups. But until Connor McDavid gets to a point, you know, he's going to eliminate that question for me. Is what I'm trying to say to you, Bob. I well, think, that's that's I hope he's he does. Eliminated it yet? That's that's hope he does because. Yeah. And how does he eliminate? He eliminates it by winning. That's you how it happens. That's right. By winning and becoming the centerman that you and I argue about all the time. Connor's a great, great player, fastest guy, best player in the league. But you know the f- we we saw in the playoffs that there's elements of his game that are going to have to get worked on, and he knows it. You know it. I know it. The fans know it. And when he works on it, when they get to that point. And when he gets, he's never going to be Patrice Bergeron, Bob. But when he gets a little bit up that road where he can shut a guy down when need be, that's when he's and still be Connor McDavid the rest of the time. That's when. He's well, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting trade-off, Mark, because as you know, McDavid had nine points in four games, and usually when a guy's averaging two point two five points per game, usually that team wins unless it's undermined by eight sixty save percentage with a top defense pairing where one guy clearly was not at a hundred percent, and the other guy pulled. Well, I won't say he pulled himself, but got knocked out of the series. Uh, very, and, and then and then the Oilers' lack of depth further down the lineup got exposed a little bit, and all that said. They pretty much dominated the shot metrics in Game Three and Game Four. Like if the Oilers win this series against Mark, if what a what a coulda shoulda, right? Like we could do this all day. But the fact of the matter is, it's 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 going to be interesting carrying forward to see how much the off-season maneuvering by Ken Holland, in terms of upgrading spots five through twelve at forward, might paint a different pet, uh, picture for both McDavid and Drysaddle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that, listen, to me, the whole series boils down to two third periods. And as a team, right, as a team, the Oilers lost two third periods in that series in games three and four where Chicago still took the series away from them. And those are the periods that good teams don't lose. So the teams that are ready, the teams that win, when they walk out of the dressing room 3-2 in a playoff game, they manage to win, whether that is to continue to win 3-2 or to score a couple goals and win 5-2, whatever it takes. But the Oilers failed in both those third periods, Bob. They did not. They were not the better team. They did not outscore Chicago, and they did not win the game. All right, so, so we can blame whoever we want, but in the end, teams that are ready don't let those two games get away. The Oilers aren't ready. Mark, when you're talking a margin, here's the thing. If Chicago, if, if the Oilers headed into the, the third period in both games tied, 
or up they're by up a goal? They're up by three two, and they were tied two two. Okay, so if the Oilers in the in the three two game lost five three, and in the Oilers in the two two game lost five two. I'd say, yeah, they were outplayed. But when you're talking a one goal, you're talking a bounce. That's in a short, and, and that gets enhanced in a short series. This is the same reason why I used to, I used to have this conversation with guys at the U of A. You cannot overreact to a one-game single elimination tournament. I mean, we had, uh, who did you guys, the, the, the guy that used to be with LA, that you guys used on sports, did a great. We had him on the show last uh, last Tuesday. Mike Mike Fuda. Uh, Mike Fuda. Mike Fuda played at York, Mark, in 1989, when York was outshot 61 to 14 by Alberta, and York won four four three in overtime. Okay, so was wasn't that a, a, wasn't the goalie's name Applewheat? Yeah, you, there, that's two for two today for you. You having a good day? <laughs> you, you obviously got a, you, obviously you've run out of the good stuff in the. I think uh, I was spectrum. at that game. I think I was at Varsity <laughs> Arena, and I think I covered that game. Could you, in, in Toronto. Yes, it was in Toronto, and he laughs about it. He like they were all, yeah. they were all, they were all over them, right? And they just so if you t- again, if you take a look at the third period in terms of the territorial play, now was there nervousness, inexperience, and mistakes on the Oilers' front? Yes. Did did Chicago? I mean, Corey Crawford had one good period in the series. Game four in the third period, he made some stops. It was the only neither goal like neither team's goaltending was any good, and the Oilers made mistakes. But the point I'm making is, you know, I, I think Mark, if you're talking in a seven-game series, you lose four times and you get blown up by two or three goals in two or two or three of those games, you know you're not better. It's to me the margin was so tight because of the shortness and the compressed nature of a five-game series. I don't ever want to overreact in a five-game series. Tyler says out of Drayton Valley, is Tampa Bay a good team? They lost in the first round last year and they win the whole thing this year. Just saying, Bob and Mark. Well, I don't think you or me would expect the Oilers to win the cup this year. I expect the Oilers to compete for a playoff spot. I do expect them to learn from their mistakes, and I expect Ken Holland to try to continue to add to the lineup. What say you, Mark Spector? Tampa's a good example. They've been there a long time, right? They've played in conference finals. I think this was their fourth conference final this year in the last five or six years. So hopefully, for the Edmonton Oilers' sake, they don't have to travel that long a road to get their first cup. There's not many teams that knocked on the door as long and as hard as Tampa before they finally won one. So, you know, this is the beginning of that road for Edmonton, right? You fail in the in the qualifying round against Chicago, and you go away and you figure out why you failed, and you learn from it. That's how every team, you know, is this their miracle on Manchester moment? I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe. But this is how you you figure it out. You lose, and you figure out why you lost, and then next year you might lose again, Bob, but I hope you don't learn lose for the same reason. Well, and it, I, yeah, and I hope they go further to have gain more experience from it. And it'd be nice to have fans in the actual building because playing and dealing. That's what's funny about this, Mark. Just just to circle back to something here, 2016-17, the Oilers won the squeakers against San Jose. Think about that for a second. They, they won a 2 nothing game in game two. They won one nothing in game three. Zach Cassian scored in both games and Talbot got shutouts. 
What was your gut feel after they lost game four? They lost 7 nothing in game four. What were you thinking then? You're thinking, oh, boy, these guys are in trouble now. Then they came, they rallied from 3-1 down in game five, won 4-3 in overtime, and got a couple breakaways in the second period in game six against a vastly more experienced team, the San Jose Sharks. They won four tight games against San Jose, who you could argue on paper were better than them. Yeah. In- interesting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say to it, Bob. Sometimes you, you know, like San Jose's another team. They, frankly, they were who hung around the playoff picture longer and stronger no than San Jose for all those no years, one. right? And never won a Stanley Cup. Got to one, you know. So for whatever the reason was, and I always contended they never quite had the goalie. Uh, but whatever the reason was, San Jose never cracked the nut. They never figured out their general manager, their team, their players, whoever it is. You know, and this is Ken Holland is a big part of figuring out why they lose to Chicago and making amends, right, with his roster decisions. And the coach, Dave Tippett, needs to make some decisions. And the players have to look themselves in the mirror and make some decisions. It's all part of learning and getting better, and the Oilers have to learn and they got to get better. Final uh, comment here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line before we wrap things up. A spec. Sidney Crosby is in conversation, but he's getting up there in age. The only guy that's remotely close to being the best player in the league to McDavid is Nathan McKinnon. But how do you not think that McDavid is not the best? And I think you and me both think he's the best player. I think Nathan McKinnon's a great player. Head-to-head, McDavid has destroyed him. For whatever reason, the Oilers have been a bad matchup for Colorado. I think McDavid's got 20 points head-to-head in, in like, 11 games against Colorado, and McKinnon's got, like, 11 points. So, like, he's almost doubled them in points head-to-head in that. So that's an interesting one for me. And Colorado did have one really bad year, 16-17. That was the fourth year that McKinnon was in the NHL. Mark, awesome stuff. Uh... Just going to give you a plug right now. The World Juniors taking place. You got a book out on the World Juniors that people can pick up for Christmas. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, probably a nice Christmas gift uh, for those who are in, interested in the World Junior. It's it's uh, second edition coming out uh, ooh, just any day. I mean, it's on Amazon now, so it should be in bookstores any day. And uh, it's just a road to gold, you know. It's a nice story about a lot of different juniors, uh, world junior tales over the many years. Uh, I added a chapter on Barrett Heaton last year. And uh, I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, I hope people pick it up. Mark, uh, your, 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 your uncle is, your, he's, he's texting me here, Speck. He's, he's getting verbally abusive, just so you know. It's really disappointing. You got an uncle named Jim that's texting the show? I'm just kidding you. Yeah, no, my uncle Phil Specter is, uh, I think, in prison somewhere. So, <laughs> hey, let me throw a plug out for Dave's Drive at Sports Center. Yeah, yeah, do it. Dave's Drive, uh, of course, named after Dave Semenko. And uh, it's just a little two-week run down at Sports Central. We're looking for uh, uh, any kind of donation, certainly uh, used equipment. If you go on our website, you'll be able to see if there's specific equipment that we require. And there is, you know, kids' elbow pads and things like that. And if you can uh, find it in your heart to make a monetary uh, donation, we would sure love that because uh, – just because the economy is bad and just because it's been a tough year for Sports Central and every other charity out there, it doesn't mean there's lots, not lots or just as many needy kids who we want to get into the game. So give us a hand under uh, Dave's drive coming up next uh, week and a half here, and we sure be thankful. And we had Dave Tippett on yesterday and Kevin Lowe so far to, to talk about Dave's drive as well. Thanks, Beck. All right, Bobby, take care. Mark in St. Albert texts the show, famous last words from Speck uh, regarding San Jose. They never won because they never had a goalie. 
The big question is, do we? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think you can say for a second that the Oilers have a proven Stanley Cup champion goaltender. No, that's that's an obvious point to part of their undoing. Hey, you know what we got to do here coming up at 126? Besides taking... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Look in the Oilers prospect report for James H. Brown. We're going to do Oilers Now trivia for Greta as well when we return on Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. We will start off at 125 in Edmonton with the Oilers prospect report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Jim Brown, Trent Brown. JamesHBrown.com want you to stay safe and stay positive. What do you got, Brendan? Okay, well, on uh, Tuesdays we check in on Finland, and yes, a Paul Yarvi ended up taking a 5-10 five and five and ten on the same play. It was a kneeing call in uh, Karpat's game. Uh, he is working to the tune, however, of 10 points and 13 games there, or at least was, but as you mentioned off the top of the show, Bob, sounds like at least 10 days off for them as there was a positive test on that team COVID-wise. Uh, Apelli Rasidin, three goals, three assists with Kalpa in the Liga, and Marcus Nemalainen with three helpers in 11 games. On Assat's back end. Uh, some names that you haven't heard anything about include Olstap Safin, Skylar Brindamore, Carter Savoy, Philip Engeris. Uh, they haven't started playing yet because only some of the NCAA Division I programs have kicked off, and we know that the AHL won't be until mid February. All right, should we go with a super easy question or a kind of easy question today for Greta Trivia? What do you want? Ah, uh, let's go. We'll go. This might be the easiest question I've done yet. Seven. It's the third, third round of it. Brennan, what are we playing for from Greta today? Uh, we've already got people calling in. You don't even know the question yet. Stop calling in. <laughs> it's really easy. Uh, we are uh, playing for $50 in gaming credit to Greta Bar. Uh, they've got all the arcade games set up there, uh, everything from NBA Jam, Big Buck Hunter, all the rest of it. So 50 bucks. Oilers Now Trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, play. Here we go. If you can't get this question, I, I can't help you. Name the only player in the National Hockey League to be top two in scoring over each of the last four regular seasons. The only player in the NHL to be in the top two in scoring. In the last four seasons. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier than that. I, I got told yesterday's question was a little tough. 
when we asked you who scored the last goal that uh, Ralph Kruger saw his Oilers team score the year he coached the team. The answer for that was Jared Smith. 780-496-0063. Uh, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Come back with Al May on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.